AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by NCIS, the crop insurance industry. With increasing commodity prices, higher price volatility, and rising input costs, America's farmers and ranchers are relying on crop insurance more now than ever before to provide individualized protection and to secure operating loans. Protecting 295 million acres of farmland and more than 120 commodities across the U.S., crop insurance is the primary safety net for many farmers, enabling them to supply our country with food and fiber year after year. Crop insurance, providing peace of mind now and for the next generation of agriculture. Harry Stein, you've been in agriculture for many years and you have had a track record that is storied as far as your ability to be able to be a man who's brought a seed company along and to be able to uh, benefit others at the same time. So I'd like to welcome you to AgriPulse Open Mic. Well, thank you very much, Ken. Tell me, as far as your perspective of where we are in agriculture right now, I mean, we've seen several years of uptrend. Now we're seeing lower prices for corn and bigger supplies. Where do you figure we are at this point? Well, we've had a small bubble in both commodity prices and land prices over the last year or two. But in the big picture, I think agriculture is in the best position it's been in my adult lifetime, and I'm very optimistic about the future of agriculture. Well, let's talk corn in particular, which is kind of your centerpiece. Um, Do you think we can stay on trend line yield increases in corn in the years ahead? I would tell you that we're going to significantly increase the rate of the trend line in terms of corn yields. Is that because of any specific or singular factor? Well, for about 75 years, uh, from 1860 to 1835, along in that time frame, corn yields and populations of corn were pretty static and pretty stable. And then starting about 75 years ago, we've been in a long-term uptrend in both corn populations and corn yields. And now that we understand this principle and have more capabilities technologically, volume-wise in breeding programs, I would anticipate that we will have a significant and steep uh, incline in the yield trend of corn. Farmers in the past have tended to produce more when prices were low and have less margin or even losses. And place themselves in a precarious position because of their yield capabilities. Do you think that will continue into the future? Well, if it were not for ethanol, that would indeed be a significant problem, both for agriculture in the U.S. and worldwide. But because now we have a safety valve to siphon off excess supplies to use in our energy, uh, I don't see that as the problem that it has been historically. Well, people have called the last... uh, decade, the ethanol decade. Um, Would you agree with that for the prosperity in agriculture being brought on almost directly related to ethanol? I would say that's the single most important thing in my lifetime in terms of benefiting agriculture and uh, the U.S. economy and people in general. Um, What about the government's role in agriculture, present and future? Uh, Do you feel like it will be uh, greater in regulation, uh, greater in uh, encouragement or subsidization, or just the opposite? 
Well, agriculture's uh, political clout is constantly declining relative to the population and the rest of the economy in the United States. So I would expect the political clout to go down, and by definition, that would lower subsidies and increase regulations. Well, if I, I could go back to ethanol on that point, do you think that the uh, EPA and other interests uh, will potentially decrease the mandate for ethanol production? I'm not certain where the mandate per se is going, but because of higher yields, we will indeed have lower commodity prices, which will make ethanol very competitive with other energy sources. Well, let me turn to technology, if I could, again, um, and the technologies that will go into agriculture. Uh, of course, genetics has been a big area. Uh, do you think that plant breeding is going to be able to show yields as high as four to 500 bushels uh, over the foreseeable future? Yes, I think it will be very easy for us to get into the four or 500 bushel range. And on the one hand, that sounds a little crazy. But when my father started farming, the average yield on corn was about 30 bushel. So we've had a five-fold increase in the yield of corn during the last 75 years. And so doubling versus a five-fold increase should be fairly easy. Now, there's a number of other technologies that are being put forth now, one of them planter technology and uh, varying populations, uh, even varying hybrids within the same uh, planter coming out of different places in the field. Um, do you think those are going to be cost-effective? I think the uh, modification of populations as you go across the field will indeed be cost-effective. And it's not a big deal. It's not going to make radical changes, but the technology is there. It's very easy, and so farmers will indeed be adopting that. I'm less optimistic about the need for changing varieties as you go across the field. Harry Stein, let me turn to um, another area. And in talking about um, the potential for agricultural productivity, um, what about the data that is coming off your fields, uh, the data that you're getting from various sources, uh, even the potential for getting this data from drones in the future? Um, will that data allow farmers to make decisions that benefit them more than the decisions they make today? Well, data is always helpful. It doesn't make any difference what business you're in. The more you know, the stronger position you're in. The thing that farmers need to be careful about is that this data doesn't fall into the hands of others before it falls into the hands of the farmers that own it. Can you expand on that a little bit? Well, as an example, international grain traders, if they see what 5% of the farmers all across the Midwest and the Corn Belt are doing on yields, they can immediately make decisions before an individual farmer from the data from his individual field can make a decision on what the crop production is going to be across the United States in a given year. So how about the drones? Theoretically, you could put the data together of all the drones. That doesn't have to be really your data and give somebody an advantage just like you're talking about and it'd be perfectly legal. Well, the drones can show you what the crop conditions are but it's a little deceiving in terms of actually putting together the number of acres that are in what condition and evaluating that from drones. So I'm not super concerned about that in the near term. What about the ownership of that data? Uh, do you think we need to have some policies put in place? I think it's extremely important that each individual farmer recognize that that's his data 
and that he should not just in a willy-nilly fashion let someone else utilize that. But do you think that farmers with so much data coming at them may be tempted to have trusted suppliers take that data and then give him back some recommendations? Well, that unfortunately may be a tendency that hopefully farmers will recognize the downfall of that type of approach. What about um, any other areas of ag policy right now? Um, do you think as we go into this farm bill, it's giving us any indication of government's uh, uh, involvement in any areas that concern you? I would tell you that it indicates the political clout of agriculture is very low and that uh, the Congress and the politicians simply use this as a game plane to exchange jabs at each other and agriculture per se is on the bottom of the totem pole today. We've had some rejection by China of this um, MIR-162, I believe, uh, uh, Agrisure Viptera trait. And uh, that's caused a lot of people concern because supposedly as much as 14% of the corn in this country carries that trait. Uh, was it in error for us to assume that China would take this eventually? Uh, or do we need to reevaluate how we approve these items, these grains for export? Well, as most people are aware, China did indeed accept that trait in their corn for an extended period of time on a lot of shipments. So they knew very well it was there. They needed the corn, so they didn't care. When they had a contract they didn't need, they decided they did care. And they've done this historically over time, and will continue to do it. When they need the crop, they will take it. Let me ask you if you could recommend to a young person getting into farming what type of focus they needed to have. They're going into crop farming. What type of focus they needed to have to try to be successful? Could you tell us what that might be? Well, part of the problem today, in all fairness, is the large amount of capital it takes to have a significant operation. So a young farmer coming in may have his own intellect, his own labor, but he also needs a source of capital. So without that, I'm sorry, it's going to be really tough. If he puts those three things together, he can indeed be very successful. How about a new generation coming in that carries more education uh, to step in and take over as dad or grandfather step out? Are those the ones that you think will be most successful? Well, additional education is always advantageous. And on the other hand, if they don't have the entrepreneurial drive to make the farm a success, uh, everything else makes little difference. In finality, and I do appreciate you being so frank and open in answering these questions, um, what do you think the, the future would be for a young person getting into agriculture today? Well, if I had the opportunity, I would indeed get into agriculture because I think it's fun, it's enjoyable, and I think uh, the potential for a competent person is great. Last thing, and that is we'll have 9 billion people supposedly in 2050. Will we have everything it takes to feed them? I don't think that will be any problem at all. I just saw an article from some professor at the University of Nebraska that we had reached uh, the maximum levels on a good, great number of our crops, and I'm telling you we can double the yields on several of our crops. Harry Stein, thank you very much for being with us on AgriPulse Open Mic. Well, it's been a joy. Thank you. 
AgriPulse Open Mic has been brought to you by the crop insurance industry, providing peace of mind now and for the next generation of agriculture. I'm Ken Root.